Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're into the second hour. Certainly hope that you've put the children to bed by now because we've discussed a number of risque subjects. That was another favorite. I can't believe Merle Haggard is gone. Great country singer. And uh, the song is Mama Tried. It's a classic country song. And uh, I think it's great because... I think it's difficult and challenging to raise boys sometimes. And uh, Merle Haggard, that song refers to his own uh, efforts of his mother. And despite her efforts, he ended up in jail. He was facing life without parole at the age of 21. Now, obviously, things changed for him, and uh, sometimes that's what it takes. It takes a little tough love and uh, not enabling anymore to have people find themselves and uh, get out of some of the ruts that they can be in. But uh, nothing against boys or men, but uh, it can be challenging sometimes because of the decisions that they may make or they say that the brain isn't developed until age 26. I say 62. Flip those numbers. No. (laughs) Um, But uh, um, anyway, so it can be challenging. And Boys and men have different problems to girls and women, and I'm going to be talking to somebody about that. And uh, it's not just me who says this, but there was an event yesterday here in the city called Man Talks, and it's about the school of greatness, and it was really geared toward men who want to become better men. And so in the studio joining me is Muzzy, not his real name. And uh, he's um, (laughs) Uh, he attended the man talks yesterday and I wanted to talk to him and I attended part of it as well. And I wanted to talk to him about what he thought of that event and what he got out of it, because our first thought about man talks was, you know, a bunch of guys up there on stage talking about how great they are, you know, is enough to make anybody anybody's eyes roll and certainly mine did initially but it does have a great intention and it is to educate men and to get men to share feelings and to get men to be compassionate and be present and so there were a lot of strategies and exercises during the day to help men progress along those lines so Muzzy thanks so much for agreeing to come into the studio here after meeting you on the street after the Man Talks <laughs> event, pretty much. Um, but I can tell good people uh, when I see one. Wow, thank you. You're welcome. So you um, you attended Man Talks yesterday. What was your purpose for attending Man Talks? Uh, definitely self-development. Like uh, definitely trying to keep uh, pushing myself to better myself. And uh, I think one of the biggest things is to be surrounded in a room of great people, not just men. How do you know they one. were great? Because uh, I attended an event before. Oh, and, you did. This yeah. isn't your first man talks. No, oh, no. Okay. And uh, I, and I think just I that's my ultimate assumption on a lot of people is that everyone's great. So I just assume there's great people because you're going to a self development uh, event. So then so the people who are in touch with yeah, themselves, yeah, and say, like like minded individuals as well. So okay. And um, what what is it about yourself that you want to improve upon? What do you want to develop? As you say, oh, that's going on till the day I die. <laughs> so, okay, so but I just it's uh, a progression. Yeah, it's a progression. So, <laughs> so where am I at right now? So is there or? anything in particular, or was there something that struck a chord with you yesterday? Some of the stories that the guys shared, which I think is really empowering when men share stories and they tell other men like that they may have suffered from depression or that mm-hmm. they attempted suicide, because mm-hmm. guys feel alone in those. Yeah, situations. no, definitely. I don't know if you're around for the part, but they had uh, they had um, all the men in the room stand up and mm-hmm. they said. Uh, 
Uh, 52% of men in this room don't have anyone to talk to, they, or men just don't talk in general. And then they also set a stat that f men are four times as long, likely to commit suicide just because we don't talk about anything. That's so right. to to have role models and men to look up to, like you know, like really good guys to look up to, to be like they're talking about their feelings and their emotions is really uh, really inspiring. They were great guys. Um, mm -hmm. They are Connor Beaton yes, is a great guy, yes, definitely. Um, and uh, Ryan Holmes of uh, yeah. Hootsuite was yeah. there as well. Which uh, I asked when he lost his virginity, and that was at age sixteen. We found out in front of the entire room. <laughs> well, I, I say you do need some help. Yeah, that's why I'm there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I did warn you. You can't swear on the air okay, here or ask me good. anything. Um, <laughs> don't ask me anything. I'm one of those, okay? All right. Um, so did you get out of it what you uh, hoped to? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I just go there. What um, were some of the takeaways you okay, got? Okay. Uh, I know that... Uh, Ryan Lewis, uh, or Lewis Lewis Holmes, that's who it is. Yeah, Lewis Holmes. Um, Lewis he, Hughes. Is it? Am I saying his I name it's wrong? Lewis Hughes or okay. Ryan Holmes and Lewis Hughes. <laughs> anyway, well, you didn't the last get few, the names yeah, right. right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I hardly attended, but I got them. Yeah, all right. Someone's <laughs> doing their job. Yeah. Uh, what one of the things he said was. Um, be the king of hearts. And so what's really... Not the king of diamonds. Yeah, not the king of diamonds. Exactly. Yeah, be the king of hearts, which is like really interesting. Is something that I'm really resonating with right now because I'm starting to work from the heart and um, not through my impulses of just wanting, uh, like, you know. So I guess we're relating this, like how I related with it was... Uh, looking into women and like like looking into their eyes and just smile. So we did this exercise. Were you there for the exercise? Yes. And uh, how, how did you feel through well, that exercise? Well, I didn't actually participate okay. in the exercise. Well, it was no. really interesting. I, I, was, I was with another girl, and it's interesting to try to look at a woman but with a genuine smile saying that you're not trying to do anything, you're not trying to get anything more out of them, but just smiling from your heart. Right, which and was, you found that empowering. Well, or, uh, I, f I found it... making Yeah, I found it really interesting because to actually be genuine you know as a dude because as a woman like how do you know that i'm not just trying to get in your pants right like i'm but i, I like i'm telling you i'm trying to better myself that's why i'm at man talks and just trying to you know smile genuinely and that's what uh lewis talked about which lewis really, house yeah, and lewis. ryan holmes <laughs> yes <laughs> lewis is the author of the school of greatness yes. okay so um you want to be better, especially around women, and learn to treat women just, better. Yeah, just be more genuine, more and more genuine. And, Did and you, were you putting on a veneer? Were you putting on some other demeanor? The presenting a false self to yourself, in getting the past. into that dating trap in the past. In the past, yeah, definitely a hundred percent. Um, and with a motive. Oh, okay, in the motive, and we're going to talk about the motive. And I yeah. wonder what that motive was mm. and is. Yes, yeah. So always with a motive. Yeah, okay. with a motive. All right, so that's great. Well, if you'll hang in the studio, we're going to talk about that motive when I return. All I'm right. Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am Maureen McGrath. I am a registered nurse. I am your hostess of this show. I am a blogger. I have a clinical practice in Vancouver at 6602 Main Street at 50th and Main. I'm also in North Vancouver where I see patients in both of those offices who have sexual dysfunction and or disorders. Sexual disorders are when you are bothered by your sexual dysfunction. Uh, so I see lots of different patients uh, for many, many different reasons. You can always book an appointment if you want. Or you can email me into the show, sextalk at cknw.com. You can phone me as well at 604 280 
9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can also follow me on Twitter at back the number two, the bedroom. I have a website talks about a lot of these issues back to the bedroom.ca and hopefully you're getting back to the bedroom.ca, especially if you've turned your back on the bedroom or we're not having that much fun in the bedroom. Anyway, there I've said it in the next uh, half an hour of the show, I'm going to be giving away uh, a little prize for you. So hopefully you'll stay with me. But at the moment we are talking with Muzzy and, Muzzy, I met yesterday at Man Talks, and um, Muzzy was talking about a motive uh, that he always had with women, and so I am going to leap ahead a little bit here. Uh, obviously, Muzzy and I have chatted a little bit about this uh, prior to this segment, uh, so I'm, we're going to be talking about sex addiction. Sex addiction is best described as a progressive intimacy disorder. It is characterized by compulsive sexual thoughts and acts. Like all addictions, the negative impact on the addict and the family members increases as the disorder progresses. And the disorder progresses over time, and it may not be that much time. The addict usually has to intensify the addictive behavior to achieve the same results. For some sex addicts, the behavior never progresses beyond compulsive masturbation or the excessive use of pornography or phone or computer sex services. For others, and this is where it gets into trouble, people get into trouble, it can involve illegal activities such as exhibitionism, obscene phone calls, child molestation, voyeurism, or rape. Sex addicts do not necessarily become sex offenders. I want to be clear about that. And moreover, not all sex offenders are sex addicts. Sex addiction can really negatively impact a person's life. They are often leading to lives. Muzzy, you and I have talked about uh, you, you're a self-described or self-diagnosed yeah. sex addict. Mm-hmm. So you told me about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Five minutes after our meeting. Yes. Well, you did know that I was a sex therapist <laughs> by right. that stage. Yeah. And um, so you've self-diagnosed yourself. Yeah. Um, and uh, so tell me a little bit about how that came to be, why you feel you're a sex addict, what, how it plays out, how it manifests itself, and um, maybe what, what you feel led to it. Okay. Uh, wow, that, that, that's a heavy uh, definition there. I don't know if <laughs> some you, of those... Uh, this is why it's important to yeah, get a proper yeah, diagnosis. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah, my point. Yeah, this is why I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> free advice <laughs> yes, on the sex uh, show. Perfect. Okay. Um, okay, well, now hearing all that, I think I think it is kind of somewhat fits me, somewhat doesn't, but uh, I'll just let you know. So what happened about... It's kind of interesting that we're sitting here right now because about this time last year, I decided to change my life. And that's what brought me to the TED, or uh, the Man Talks and TED Talks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, basically, I was an, I would classify... Probably you'd read out another thing of an alcoholic too, but I would say I was an alcoholic. And, um, um, and why... Do, define alcoholism for me or uh, as an alcoholic. Just someone that... Uh, it was like, I used it as a substance that it wasn't helping me further my life and help, it got me into trouble. A lot, so it was. I always, were you drinking every day? No, it wasn't. I wasn't drinking every day, but it was when I drank. It was game over. Like every time I drank, like I'm the party dude. So I was right. like full on. And what happened? Hard. So a lot of mistakes, losing wallets, losing. I mean, that's like kind of like the typical, but like getting kicked out of clubs, like taking off my shirt, partying, pa- literally passing out on roads and stuff. Like 
Right. Like, yeah. And I, and like going so hard where I was getting pulled in two different directions. This self development route, which right. is so like it's kind of interesting. I'm a, like a you would call like a crazy partier by the weekend and a yoga guy during the week. So mm-hmm. everyone only saw me as this party dude, and I was like getting torn in both different directions. Right. So when I was drinking, it wasn't being my true self. And was it leading to any depressive thoughts? Yeah. Oh, Did you feel yeah. like was it bringing oh, you yeah, down? Because yeah. alcohol can bring yeah. you up initially, and then it brings you down. Oh, Everything. Yeah. Literally, there. I'm not lying. To you, I had to sleep in my mom's bed from the anxiety of hangovers. And the nights after I party, my anxiety was so much that I had right. to lie in bed with my mom. And guys <laughs> don't talk about that, no, do they? No, they don't. No, no, no. The, the lying in the bed with the mother part. Yeah, no, they don't talk about <laughs> what alcohol does to them either. Yeah, no, definitely not. Probably not. But I, like for me, I want to be an open book. So I, at least maybe someone's listening or someone going through stuff. Like if we express ourselves, this is what I think Man Talks expresses too, is that if we open self, ourselves up, maybe... It allows other people to open themselves up as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so you said a year ago you decided to change your ways and yes. you decided to go off the bottle. So I, I decided to stop drinking. So which is a beautiful thing, right? Uh, stop drinking, but especially what, if it's impacting your life in a negative fashion. Yeah. And so like I just was like, I basically was the way I put it is like I'm the dancing monkey and I had the symbols. But I decided to put down the symbols and I want to dance when I want to dance. But like, so when people will just give me alcohol, give me drugs, and then I'll just be crazy and party and go really hard. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do that anymore. Like, and so I thought, hey, could I do it without a substance? Could I get myself into state and be around these people and still party, have a really good time, but not drink alcohol? And so I trained myself to do that. But so what you a, went off the alcohol. So did you I, go cold turkey or yeah, did you wean cold, yourself? Just cold turkey. Okay. Just cold turkey. Well, what actually happened was... Are you drinking today? No. Not at all? No, I'm almost a year sober Good for now. you. Yeah. Good for you. So Congratulations on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to get to part two, yeah, though. Yeah, part two. Yeah, so um, what happened was is I actually I met my dad. He's a cause alcoholic. Didn't know him for 15 years. Met him for the first time. Envisioned myself as him at uh, when I was his age. He got like changed, altered our entire life. And so I saw that's not who I want to be. And that's the route I'm going. I'm literally within months of going down that road of getting a drunk driving. Some sort of bad thing happened to me. So I just right. quit alcohol. But what happened was is I wanted to go into the belly of the beast. I wanted to go into the biggest parties in Canada and party as hard as I could, but sober and test it. So right. I went into these parties and did and went to the festivals, did it sober and party, which was amazing, but snuck on this sex addiction because what happened was is when you pull the void, something else fills. Of course. So what was happening is now I, I'm now sober, so okay, I already have kind of somewhat of an upper hand at the party because I'm conscious. Mm-hmm. And then what was happening was is I was just going through motions and stuff and talking to girls and they yeah, they'd be feeling I'm mean, like a not like a like kinda like a sex offender dude like that. No, no, they, no, no. I would make no sure. sex addicts are not necessarily <laughs> yeah, sex I would make offenders. Sure they yeah. still were a part like part consenting of it, and mutual. But maybe yes. they're not in their best state all the time. But, right. You know, so but it w- became now I'm filling the void with uh, women. And so what was happening is now again, back to the heart again, wasn't feeling good on the heart. So then it was just like, wow, like I really. How quickly did that take hold? Uh, that took hold within two months of being sober. OK. So then so throughout the summer, I just kind of 
went off the deep end a little bit with the women. Right. <laughs> nice. No. <laughs> yeah, see, like, that's what's funny. Some dudes are like, yeah, man. Exactly. You're a beauty, buddy. You're a beauty. But, like, when it's high you. Five. Yeah, yeah, high yeah, five. Yeah, amazing. Like, like, wow, here, Here's doing? Muzzy complaining about his problem. Hey, like, poor right. guy. Like, yeah, no, yeah. But, exactly. Like, when you're doing it, it's just, like, But, no, same, I get it. Because you're, you're still numbing whatever yeah. pain you're yeah, in. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. the problem. So you decide to diagnose yourself with sex addiction. And what was the... Um, what what was the defining like what criteria what, what well uh okay perfect um a lot of times and i don't know if other i talk to a lot of other dudes too and i hear it they maybe don't express it but i hear it i would sit at home and if i didn't get a girl that night i didn't think i was a good enough person i didn't feel good about myself i didn't feel like i was a good person i'd sit at home like well oh, man like you're not that good of guy boom go through the phone Get them going. Just get the fingers going and just who's picking up tonight. Right. Okay, great. She's picking up. Okay, so I'll go over to her house. I'll pretend to listen a little bit because I'm still like like to talk and stuff. But yeah, like, yeah. Just basically. Do you wait. like to listen too? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here with you, right? You're here to help me, aren't you? <laughs> well, so far you're not listening. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, just going through the motions and it just was losing the connections. And then I started thinking deeper about like because as you're continuing on this, sobriety and trying to better yourself right you start thinking well wait there's a person there that i'm doing this to and i'm doing it all for me and now i'm giving myself away so now i started putting value to sex and i'm like whoa like here it is again now i've got a new thing that i filled the void with so now i have to really clear this one up too as well and so how did you decide to treat this this um, self-diagnosed Dr. Google sex addiction yeah. <laughs> that you have. Anyway. How, what did I do to do it? Yes. Um, well, at the, at the end of the summer, I had a good roster mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the summer. So I was like not – and saying that not in a good way. Yeah. Um, uh, so what happened was is then I started like was using porn. I wasn't using porn as much because I was hanging. I just had it would be like I was hanging out with a girl and then at the same time I'm texting the next girl to come over. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I don't know. Like that just didn't feel good. Yeah. For and me. they're out buying the wedding dress. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Who knows how they feel about me? I yeah. Don't who really cares? Know. They it's just want the wedding. Anyway. <laughs> they just want the wedding, the marriage. That's but, it. They so, don't care. Who's the who's the guy? She's not having sex with you anyway on the wedding night. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. Then it turned into that. And so in September rolled around. I thought I love challenges, so uh, here we go again. Let's try another challenge. Let's go no uh, no porn and no sex. I because tr- I threw myself in the belly of the beast, accomplished it. Right. No. So no porn, no sex, no sex, no uh, no masturbation. Okay. So you've been free of all of this since September. Uh no. Oh, you told me you were. <laughs> no, no, of masturbation, yes, and porn, yes. Okay, no so, porn, no masturbation. So what happened was I actually tried it, and so don't tell girls what you're doing. <laughs> no, no, you're going to keep some things yeah, close to your I chest. Shouldn't, yes. I shouldn't have told her what I was doing. So what happens is I told this girl what I was doing, told these girls. I'm like, hey, because I'm like trying to be better. Yeah. Can I just ask you a question about the masturbation? Were you chronically masturbating? Um, Yes. You were? Yeah. Okay. Not, not, Several times know, a day? No, just like once a day. Once a day. Okay. I don't know. Is that chronic? No, I would say that's about normal. Okay. You know, no, I never, I don't like to use the word normal, but you know, it's not, yeah, you know, seven, not, eight hey, times no, a day before no. you're going to go to work and before you're going to yeah, meet no. somebody and prior to yeah. getting on the train you or whatever. you got to get your subway or something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. but you know, everything is anxiety. It's, yeah, it's, it's used anxiety. as a, yeah, an anxiety out, reducer. Anxiety. Yeah, and, and it does, it does help. Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, so you So then what happened was, as I said to these, these girls, I was hanging out with Kay, hey, I want to just hang out with you. I just want to be with you. 
I don't want to try to have sex. I just want to hang out. Look yeah. at like what a guy's doing saying this. Okay, a whole yeah. new route. Okay, game on for the women. Yeah. Now they're putting it on me. So right, then they yeah. would come on to me, and then she, like within within three days, I couldn't handle it, and I obviously a sex addict. Like <laughs> boom, right back at it again. A self-diagnosed so, sex addict. So then, ahead. so then in October, um, I sat down with the producer of uh, TED Talks, uh, uh, Roger. And uh, he gave me this interesting insight, and he said, why don't you take this void? So it sounds like you have a void. You've pulled it out of alcohol. Now you put women in the void. Why don't you put yourself there? And I was just like... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, enough. (laughs) And uh, I just gave on, and then so I just fell in love with myself. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why it is dangerous to diagnose yourself. We're talking with Muzzy. He has an alleged sex addiction. I'm not so sure about that. He's got some troubles, but uh, (laughs) Muzzy, I'm so glad you shared your story. Thank you so much. You seem happy as Larry, but you're Muzzy. Uh, We'll have to have you back and see how this progresses. Anyway, well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I am Maureen McGrath. We're going to settle things down when I return. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We heard Muzzy's compelling story about sex addiction, his self-diagnosed sex addiction, but obviously he has some issues around um, numbing pain, I would say, to to summarize it. So I really want to, Muzzy's still here in the studio, but I, I didn't want to end on that note, but I did want to end on a note. You expressed to me that you did want to get some help or get some, gain some more insight into this. And and it's notable that your father was an alcoholic, and uh, which means he had an addiction. And one doesn't necessarily have to have the exact same addiction as their father, but it's very common. We see this, it's familial. Um, and there's obviously some pain or maybe some issues with anxiety from what you and I have talked about prior to the interview and, uh, and tonight on the show as well. And so I think it's great that you have looked at your dad and thought, I don't want to be like my father. I want to go in a different direction. And, um, you know, you're young and you have a ho- your whole life ahead of you and you can certainly make some, some choices and some changes. And, um, we talked about how we might be able to do that and, uh, and uh, we'll get a little bit more of an assessment done for you and move forward with um, and, and maybe have you back on the show and you can talk a little bit more about uh, the progress that you've made from uh, having an appropriate diagnosis. And that may be my referring you off to somebody or um, and getting the right treatment. And so just to be clear as well, I wasn't clear on this. You're not since October, you're not having sex, not masturbating and not viewing porn. Mm-hmm. OK. And, you know, sex addiction is a very difficult condition to treat uh, because we can go without shopping, we can go without alcohol, we can go without food, we can go without whatever else, drugs, but it's really difficult to go without sex. Which Ex- I'm finding. Yes, and so it's 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 a challenge. So there's a very specific treatment for it, and so I'll try and help to get you the help that you need because you, you seem like a great guy and um, with a lot of potential and certainly a great attitude toward life. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Not at all. You're very welcome. All right, well, thanks for coming on to the show. Remember, we all stumble on this gravel road of life, and you got to make it part of your dance, and I know you will. So thanks so much for Thank coming in. Thank you so in. much. You're welcome. Okay, so getting to... Uh, Another direction. Don't forget that I do have a sex toy to give out for you tonight. Uh, I have uh, been so generously given some vibrators by WeVibe. 
and then I needed to hire somebody to test them, and I looked no further than yours truly. And so that's what I do each week before I come on to the show, (laughs) is make sure I've tested out this sex toy uh, for you. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for you. And the number to call is 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. And these are top of the line of the line sex toys by WeVibe. And, you know, it's for solo sex, but not necessarily. You can use this with somebody else. And the one I have to give out tonight is the Rave. And it is it is a great sensually sculpted it's powerful it's a g-spot vibrator as well so this can be inserted into your vagina i can say that because it's after five o'clock um it's, it can be inserted into your vagina it has 10 speeds <laughs> it is splash proof so you can use it in the tub uh it has a low power alert which is also nice it's rechargeable um if you want to win this, you got to talk to me, though. you got to tell me why. And it's whisper quiet, so the neighbors are not going to know what you are up to. So the number to call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. So give me a call if you want to win that. That is sure to increase your sexual desire. I have Keisha on the line. Hello, Keisha. Hey, how's it going? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. That's great. So, are you applying for the job of testing sex toys? Because <laughs> uh, it's well, filled. Actually, What's yeah. <laughs> Well, I wasn't thinking about it. But <laughs> well, there's no, job, there's no job there anyway. <laughs> She's quite happy. <laughs> my employee is quite happy in it. That is too funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, is that what you were calling about? Was the rave? Yeah. Oh, excellent. I have a WeVibe. It's fantastic. I just don't oh, have this one. But you know what? This is by WeVibe. It's actually oh. not a it's not a couple's vibrator. Oh, it's okay. The Rave. It's a oh. G Spot vibrator. That's exciting. It's solo pleasure for you. But That's you can exciting. use it with somebody else. It will be okay. exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's powerful. It's it's rounded. It's a rounded tip. A lot of women prefer the more pointed tips, but uh, but it's a rounded tip. It does the trick. Uh, so it's uh, great for clitoral stimulation, internal stimulation, G-spot stimulation. And, of course, it's a very high-quality uh, vibrator, So which is nice because it's good for vaginal tissues, which are, which are sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, they can be. Yes, they can. <laughs> All right. So you win. So if you want to leave your – if you dare to leave your name and number uh, – or name and contact information, you can come and pick it up here at the station. Sure. Sounds great. All right. Thanks for the call, Keisha. Thanks for listening. Thank you. You are welcome. Okay. We're going to get back to uh, sex here. Have we not been talking about sex the whole time? We have covered a number of of subjects. And don't forget that if you have low sexual desire, Zestra may help you. It's a botanical oil. It's the only one that's approved in Canada for to increase sexual desire. It works by increasing blood flow to the genitalia. And so that is very helpful. But a lot of women, imagine this, you can't sit down because of pelvic pain. So you can't go to work. That's very difficult. Up to 16% of premenopausal women have chronic dyspareunia or painful sex. That can really harm your mental health and your relationships. Pain with intercourse or vaginal penetration is most commonly due to a condition called provoked 
vestibulodynia. Stress has been found to alter pain thresholds and contribute to central sensitization by affecting the circuitry in the top-down modulation of pain from your brain to the dorsal horn cells in your spinal column. Women with provoked vestibulodynia have lower pain thresholds in non-genital sites. So in other areas, if they have an injury, they may have a lower pain threshold. And there's also comorbidity with other chronic pain syndromes. Now, chronic pain will really impact a person's sexuality, sexual health, sexual self-esteem, and ability to be sexual. It's confirmed through physical examination, and the sexual and pain symptoms are characteristic. And the the diagnosis is typically delayed because there's a poor understanding about this condition, and the increasing stress of living with this condition makes it more stressful. So it just compounds things for you. And the central sensitization is then enhanced, and the painful sex continues. There are There is treatment for vestibulodynia. And, you know, when you do an examination or assessment of the vestibule of the uh, genital area of a woman, you'll find nothing. There'll be uh, pain even using a, the Q-tip. Uh, you do a Q-tip test and there'll be pain, but you're not seeing any changes in the vaginal tissue. So there are small group programs that provide psychoeducational and cognitive behavior therapy, and mindfulness-based cognitive behavioral therapy is also very helpful to moderate the pain and help people suffering from provoked vestibulodynia. You really need to talk to a doctor who understands this condition. Recently, I had a patient who came to my office, and she had not had sex with her partner for two years. She was menopausal. She was about 56 years of age. She was in a lot of distress. Sex was so painful. There were changes when I did an examination of, of her vaginal tissues, and she also had some bladder symptoms as well. She was leaking urine with, with coughing and sneezing, and she had pale, thin tissues. She also had light bleeding after sex. We call that postcoital bleeding, and she had a condition that was that is called vaginal atrophy, which I've spoken about on the air in the past. Vaginal atrophy affects up, upwards of 70% of women. Estrogen is the hormone regulator of the vagina, and when the estrogen receptors decrease in the urogenital tract, especially during perimenopause and menopause, many women will experience painful sex. So she had gone to her doctor. Her doctor did a series of blood tests and came up with nothing. All of her blood tests were normal. The blood tests were irrelevant to vestibulodynia or to vaginal atrophy. So I wrote a letter to her doctor, which was very sensitive, I have to say, because I knew that I I didn't know this doctor, a general practitioner. And in fact, 70% of women in these years will have this condition, and only 5% are treated because a lot of general practitioners are not familiar with the condition of vaginal atrophy, and they're even less familiar with vestibulodynia. So I wrote a letter for this patient to her general practitioner and suggesting that this woman go on low-dose localized estrogen therapy and begin that day on a personal moisturizer, which is hormone-free, and I can actually provide for her. And I provided her with joy gel, which 
contains coconut oil, vitamin E, African yam, hyaluronic acid, and all of those ingredients help to keep the tissues moist and uh, elastic and healthy and youthful. And so that started helping her right away. And when she went back to her doctor, her doctor was very offended, or so it would seem. That's what was my impression because the patient called me and said, you do, you do not have that. There's something wrong with you mentally. You have anxiety because you haven't had sex for two years. You have vestibulodynia. And she printed off some education, some information about the educational sessions. Of course, I had ruled out vestibulodynia for this patient. I used to work at the BC Center for Sexual Medicine, and I used to enroll patients who had vestibulodynia into particular clinical trials. I know vestibulodynia from vaginal atrophy. The woman was helped by joy gel right away, and she also, I had recommended, because she had all the other symptoms, that she needed a low-dose localized estrogen therapy. But her doctor, because of some uh, perfectionism perhaps or um, anger or just having a bad day, decided not... Uh, you know, to go her own route and and actually misdiagnose this patient. And so I suggested that this woman get be an advocate for her own health and go to another doctor and and actually get the prescription. She did end up in the end getting the prescription that I had prescribed that I had suggested for her. So the doctor did prescribe it, but then wanted her to come back in two weeks. Well, it's not going to work within two weeks. You might get a little bit of relief. We generally don't have patients come back that soon because it takes two months to optimize low-dose localized estrogen therapy. So you want to wait at least a month or six weeks to make sure there's no side effects. For example, some of them can cause a little bit of extra burning uh, because they have alcohol. Some of the low-dose localized estrogen preparations. So uh, this woman is now taking her health care into her own hands. She's actually very hopeful. She's still in love with her husband and wants to have sex with him. But, you know, this set her back. And if she didn't have someone like me to talk to and say, listen, I think the doctor was offended. And I told you that. That's why I kept certain things out of the letter. And that's most unfortunate. And really what we need to do as we deliver health care to patients is to give them the best treatment, the best treatment options to be open to say, I didn't know about this. I'm going to learn about it. This is great. This is why I write letters to doctors on every patient that I see. Anyway, that's my rant. If something doesn't seem right in your life, even with your doctor, it's always okay to get a second opinion. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the expanded sex show. Two hours now talking about sex. Anyway... There's uh, no end to sex discussions, um, so and, but it's most important you have those sex discussions with your partner or your partners, should you decide to do a threesome or foursome or moresome. That's up to you. No judgment here. Uh, so it's important when you start out, you meet somebody, it's important to talk about your sexual history and your future plans. Remember in high school, well, maybe you were told this, maybe you weren't, your teacher warned you that when you have sex with someone, you're having sex with everyone they've ever had sex with. Now, a lot of people get upset when I say this, but I say that if you're not having sex with your husband or the person you're in a relationship with or your wife, someone else might. Women get upset because they say that I'm blaming women for men's bad behavior. I'm doing a community service, um, 
I asked a bunch of men, how would, how would you be if you went a year, two years, your wife wouldn't have sex with you? They were not happy. They all said they would discuss it, try to work it out, but if there was absolutely no chance, they would actually seek sex elsewhere. And a lot of men do. And there's a problem when you seek sex elsewhere because your partner, your wife, because women cheat too, your wife or your husband, may seek sex elsewhere and where they have sought sex may have a sexually transmitted infection. That's right, chlamydia, gonorrhea, trichomonas, HPV, herpes, uh, any one of the gamut. I know somebody who is having sex with, I know a woman who is having sex, she's a patient, uh, with, I, I actually can't keep count, it's either 12 or 14 men, all of whom are married except for two, all of whom have young families, or for the most part, young families. Some still want to have children in their marriage. That will rev up a woman's sex drive, is the desire to have another baby or a baby. So you need to remember, that's why sex is so important in a marriage. And if you have discomfort around or you're uncomfortable talking about it, it is important that you talk about it. You can't leave sex up to your partner to look out for your best interests. You need to be proactive. You also have to know your sexual health history and your partner's sexual health history, especially if you're wanting to have a baby. Even if you are in a marriage, especially if it's been sexless, you may need to ensure that both parties' sexual health is A-OK and that there's no chlamydia, that there's no herpes, because that can impact fertility and it may also impact the health of your baby. So you want to start fresh together at any time. Uh, So that family planning is an important part of any pre-sex discussion. You want to talk about birth control. You want to talk about uh, dealing with unplanned pregnancy, for example, which can be a very challenging conversation, especially if neither one of you are ready to become parents. And so how comfortable are you with that? So when you're just starting out, you want to make sure you're exclusive if that's what you want. Could your lover have another? You got to think about that. Like it or not, everyone's definition of a committed relationship is not the same. So you can never assume exclusivity in a sexual relationship. You heard Muzzy. He was talking about how many women he had been with. So you've got to be upfront about that. You also want to swap calendars about when you want to have sex. Do you like it in the morning? Are you more of a night owl? Are you exhausted? I used to have it at night. Now maybe you want to switch it up to the morning. How many times a week do you want to have it? Are you a three times a week kind of guy? Are you a three times a month kind of guy? Uh, Is there such a guy? I'm kidding. Um, You know, are you some a woman with a very high sex drive? Are you very sexual um, and very comfortable with your sexuality? And sex is really important to you. So you. You know, it's not great to be on different sexual frequencies. I mean, it's not always that it's going to be a perfect match, but you want to just know each other because a nighttime person may take a morning sex rejection personally, but he needs to know that at night you may turn into a vixen. 
you want to be open about your sexual secrets. And that's where sexual history is important. And it sometimes includes more than test results and exposure to STIs, sexually transmitted infections. A lot of people have experienced different forms of sexual trauma and abuse. And that may impact your sex life, your sexual desire, ability to experience an orgasm, arousal, comfort in the bedroom. And so in order to have healthy sexual expression in the bedroom, it's a good idea that partners are honest about what has ever happened to them, the good, the bad, the ugly. And we really have to deshroud the shame we have around sex so that people can have a much better sex life. Anyway, Looks like we're uh, coming to the end of this, baby. So uh, we're going to take a little break. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you what's coming up next week on the show. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. We are wrapping up two hours of sex tonight. I have an email. Dear Maureen, I've been married for 11 years, work full-time, and have three children. My problem is that my husband has anger issues. He is also so controlling, especially with money. If things do not go his way, he screams, thinking nothing of using the F word in front of the kids. I do not want to have sex with him, which angers him more. Help. Deborah. Deborah, it sounds like it's a disaster, I have to say. You know, guys uh, and bridezillas, future... (laughs) Wivezillas, uh, people out there. I have like no patience for people who are moody or people who lose it. I just don't like them. I just don't like being around that kind of person. I would never be with that kind of person. I have to say that uh, it is com- you're normal to think, and I don't like to use that word too much either. You're normal to not want to have sex with a guy who has anger issues, who's controlling. If things don't go his way, he acts like a baby. Uh, it's very inappropriate to use the F word in front of your children. You want to keep your children safe emotionally and physically all, at all times. So I would say, um, you know, where we are at the end of the show, but uh, definitely counseling. If he won't go with you, go by yourself. It is vital. And, um, you know, I, I wish you all the best of luck. But it's a, it's a very difficult situation to be in, especially when you have children. But this may help. Next week on the program, I am, I'm so excited about this. Dr. Michael Woodworth, he's an associate professor and registered psychologist uh, at the University of British Columbia, the in, uh, UBCO, is going to be joining me and talking about narcissists and sociopaths, one of my favorite subjects, and how uh, you sh- we shouldn't make deals with them and how to look out for them and how to get out from under their grip because that can be very difficult. Go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter, at back the number two, the bedroom. When you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath. Have a sexually healthy week. Until next time, thanks for listening.